Thanks for checking out this week's podcast from Center Street Church. We pray it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. And good morning, everyone. Uh, those of you here at Central Campus, and also those of you who are joining us online, and all of you who are meeting together at one of our other regional campuses in Airdrie, in Bridgeland, in South Calgary, and also in the Crowfoot Theatres in Northwest Calgary. Now this is Vision Weekend, a time that we set aside some time to get a glimpse of some of the things that God is doing through us and among us. Uh, You know, one of the themes that we see emphasized all the way through the scriptures is to not forget what God has done. In Deuteronomy chapter four, verse nine, Moses reminds the children of Israel, just as they're about to enter the promised land, he says, do not forget the things that your eyes have seen and let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. And so that is what we want to do in this service, to remind us of God's activity among us and his faithfulness to us as a church. Now, throughout the year, we do our best to tell the stories of life change and God's activity in and through our church. And we seek to do it through a myriad of different ways, including video stories, uh, interviews in our services and online. Um, Our church newspaper. Do you know we have a newspaper? How many know we have a newspaper? Good. You can pick those up on the way out. Um, either at most of, I think they're at all the exits, um, uh, even at the regionals, they make them available where you're at. So our church newspaper, our MTO weekends, we have four of them, I believe, a year. And, um, but, you know, even so, we're not able to give it, um, uh, the stories, all the stories we'd like to tell. We can only give a snapshot of all that God is doing. There are so many stories that never get told, at least not in the public context. They get told perhaps in small groups and so forth, but not in this context. And so I just want to start out by saying, uh, thank you, thank you for being faithful to what God has called you to be and to do. Thank you for investing your life in other people. Thank you for giving to the Lord. Because there are hundreds of children, youth, and adults. And if you include our partner churches around the world, there's thousands of people who are now part of God's family because you gave of your time, talent, and your resources. Now, you know, 57 years ago, a group of 61 young adults left their home church in Bridgeland, which is now our Bridgeland campus, um, by the way. And they took a a gigantic leap of faith in response to God's call to begin a new church, Center Street Church, with the hope and the prayer that God would use them to introduce the people of North Calgary to Jesus Christ. Fred Snyder was appointed to be the founding pastor of Center Street Church. And even though he passed away 11 years later, his wife Pearl is still with uh, our church today. In fact, she's celebrating her 95th birthday today. Isn't that amazing? Now, Pearl has been such a blessing to me and Gwen, our family, and also to our church. She's loving, she's gracious, and one of our faithful prayer warriors. And you've heard me talk about the prayer warriors of that founding generation that I believe Um, Their prayers is really the foundation upon which all that God has done at Center Street Church um, uh, has been laid upon. She, um, Pearl has the spirit of Caleb. Uh, She's positive. She's encouraging. She's supportive. Uh, She's willing to flex with the times. uh, Frequently saying things, you know, isn't God good, you know? Hasn't he blessed us? She was here on Saturday night and says, I'm so glad to be here and to finally experience our Saturday night service. Uh, When our faith was being tested, whether it was personally or as a church, she would say things like, don't give up, don't shrink back, Uh, keep believing God for great things. Uh, Now, when Pearl was 77 years old, and it's funny, you know, when you get to a certain age, you can tell what a woman's age is. But anyways, when she was 77 years old, she came to see me, and uh, she seemed a little tense. One of the only times I ever saw her that way, Um, and I was about to find out why. 
She told me that after being a widow for over 28 years, uh, she was contemplating getting married again. She wanted to know what I thought of that. What do you say to that? I mean, come on. <laughs> Apparently, when she was in nursing school, uh, she dated a young man uh, who was um, in medical school. Uh, but then he went off to war and they lost contact with each other. Well, anyway, some 50 years later, his wife passed away and sometime after that, he decided to give Pearl a call to see what she was up to. And the rest is history. Sometime later, I had the privilege of performing their wedding ceremony. Now, here's an interesting tidbit. Pearl got married to her first husband when she was 24. Her husband, Fred, passed away about 25 years later. Then after being a widow for a little over 25 years, she got married again. In short, she was single the first 25 years of her life, married the next 25 years of her life, essentially single for the next 25 years of her life. And I remember saying to her, shortly around the time she's getting married again, I said, you know what? You know what? Who knows? You might be married for another 25 years. And folks, that was 18 years ago. And they are just seven years away from making it to another 25. Anyways, would you please welcome Pearl and her husband, Dr. Jay Anderson, uh, to the platform. Just come on over here. There's light here. There's no light over there. We got to get more lights so we can turn them all on at once. But anyway, so good to see you. How are you doing this morning? I heard you're coughing. I've got a bad throat. Oh, man. Jay says it's part of old age. Is it? Oh, okay. All right. Part of old age. Oh, it's so good to have you with us this today. I want to sing happy birthday for, to her, don't you? Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pearl. Happy birthday to you. We should sing that again for Pastor Henry. You no, know. His no. birthday is coming up in two days. Yes. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. Um, so... Pearl, um, many memories, many memories. Yes. Just tell us one highlight that comes to mind. One highlight. That comes to mind. My life has been full of highlights. Mm. God has been so gracious and wonderful in so many, many ways. And I was going to tell you part of the story coming from moving to Alberta, uh, from Saskatchewan, to the uh, church in Calgary and people said you're going to God's country and uh, it truly was a wonderful experience we had never been west of Saskatchewan <laughs> and so coming to Calgary was coming to God's country and he blessed us so abundantly and so wonderfully with the beginning of the work at the Salem Church and then taking this wonderful group of young people who were on fire for the Lord and wanted to start a church in the North Hill. And today you see the results. Isn't it amazing what God has done? And my challenge to you, because Henry said I wasn't supposed to speak this morning. How can you ask oh, a woman not that. to say too much? He said I don't have to speak. Oh, I, yes, is that what I said? Yes, you did. <laughs> I think initially I didn't want, you know, I wanted to get up here. You know, I said, you know, just to get her up here. But I did want you to speak. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, my, my, my word to you this morning would be, don't ever underestimate God's love and care for you as you journey through life. He is faithful and will lead you. And I have a verse of scripture that I want to share with you. And this is taken from the Psalms. <clears throat> Pardon me. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He will give grace and glory. 
They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And this is the this is the whole part of the verse. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God bless each one of you, and may you sense God's presence in today and in the days ahead. We don't know how much time the Lord gives us, but whatever it is, it's precious. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Aren't they an inspiration? Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. What an inspiration and encouragement. One careful step at a time. Okay. Now that we're introducing people, I thought it would also be good for me to introduce you to our new executive team, and in particular, the newest member of our executive team. Our mission as a church is to introduce people to Jesus and help them to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. In short, it is to make disciples. Everything we do stems from that mission. We're committed to being on mission locally here in the city of Calgary and globally around the world. And on that basis, I decided to appoint an executive pastor to give overall leadership to advancing those two spheres of mission. The, the sphere of advancing our mission locally and advancing our mission globally. I've appointed Kent Preeb to give executive leadership to advancing our local mission through our church and multi-site uh, ministries. Kent will continue to serve as lead pastor here at Central Campus, although in order to have more margin uh, to fulfill his executive responsibilities, he has empowered some of his leaders <clears throat> here at Central Campus uh, to take on more responsibility. Now, in addition, I've asked uh, Wayne Smeal to give executive leadership to advancing our global mission, which includes our city mission and our national and international mission. And since taking on this role a couple of years ago, Wayne has provided excellent leadership and given the importance and impact of global ministries here in our church, it's important that he be part of the executive team. Now, if we're going to see significant advancement in our local and our global mission, I can't overemphasize the important role that our hub support ministries play behind the scenes. Ministries like finance, operations, communications, human resources, development, board governance. And so I've asked Gentry Stickle to give executive leadership to our hub support services. Gentry's been part of our church for over 12 years. He loves the Lord. He loves our church. He's passionate about the mission of our church and has been totally engaged in the life and ministry of our church since he's been coming here, serving as a small group leader and also team leader and coach of small group leaders uh, as well as serving in our worship and drama ministry. Presently, he and his wife, Julia, are involved in a missional community, a young family's discipleship ministry and children's ministry. Until accepting this role with our church, he served as chairman of finance on our board, and he served as COO and CFO of a company here in this city. He's a humble, godly man. He's a nice guy, and I am excited to have him part of our team. Now, I know that you know Pastor Kent and you know Pastor Wang. Many of you may not know Gentry, and so I want you to meet him and his wife, Julia, and their family. Would you welcome them right now? So, Gentry, how are you doing? What would you like to maybe say to the congregation? Uh, good morning. Uh, just that I love the church. I believe that God ordained the church to be the hope of the world. And I believe that the church should be the most amazing thing to be a part of on the whole planet. And so I couldn't be more excited about devoting myself full-time to serving this ministry. That's awesome. Let's just pray together. Lord, we just want to um, thank you again for how you have led us as a church. We want to thank you 
for pioneers like Pearl and so many others who came and began the work here at our church. And then, Lord, as we now think about the future, how you have raised up another generation of leaders. And, Lord, we want to encourage them. We want to stand alongside them and prepare them, Lord, to take us into the future you have for us as a church. So we pray, Lord, uh, for Kent, for Wayne, and for Gentry and their families, Lord. Thank you for them. Bless them. We pray for our entire staff, all those who are involved at various levels, Lord, um, and for those who come alongside them, um, volunteers in, in support and uh, uh, Joining them in ministry, Lord. Lord, we're a family. We're a team. We have so much, Lord, that you've called us to do. And we are so thankful we have each other to accomplish that. And most importantly, that we have you. So bless us, Lord. Continue to bless your work here at Center Street. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Okay, just watch this. Center Street Church values walking alongside new Canadians, being there for them as they transition to living in a new country. It's our desire to have a positive impact on their lives by showing them God's love. We began by establishing the New Canadian Friendship Center, a place where new immigrants would come to feel welcome, build friendships, and learn new skills. And God has used the center to bless many lives. Now, a new and exciting chapter begins with the ministry to new Canadians. As we transition away from our current location, we'll be branching out and working alongside Hope Mission, Rocky View Alliance Church, and Encompass Partnerships. With this expanded reach, we'll be able to better serve more people for Christ. Here at Rocky View Alliance Church, we are so excited about our upcoming partnership with Center Street Church in your ministry to new Canadians. We just want to be seen as a church that cares for its local community as we reach out to new Canadians and others in need. We do this through a program we've developed called Church Without Walls, in which we simply want to be a neighbor in this community, sharing resources, building relationships, and providing opportunities to see lives changed. We pray that God blesses this ongoing partnership between Rocky View and Center Street Church. Hope Mission is very excited to be partnering with Center Street Church in ministering to new Canadians and others in Calgary. Hope Mission exists to serve, strengthen, and uplift men, women, youth, and children through the life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. And we answer this call by serving families and children in Northeast Calgary, as well as Southeast Calgary in the Greater Forest Lawn area. Here at Hope Mission, we provide after-school care where we tutor the children with their homework. We also provide breakfast clubs, kids' cafes, youth cafes, and the opportunity for children to attend a Christian summer camp. We also provide food and clothing and any sort of skill development that may be necessary. We do all of this with the intent of showing them the love of Christ. You now are a part of this vision and we are so excited because you are an answer to our prayers in keeping this vision alive and working towards its fulfillment. Partnerships are a great way for us in the body of Christ to leverage all the resources that God has given to us, especially to reach the least reached here in Calgary. And I'm thrilled to be partnering together with Santa Street Church to reach new Canadians for Christ. Encompass Partnerships is both a missionary community as well as a facility hub where individuals, agencies, and churches can gather together in their common vision to reach the least reached of Calgary. We currently have four new Canadian churches who meet here, who also share a common vision to reach out to their second generation youth. We have an ESL training ministry, as well as efforts that are reaching out to urban Aboriginal youth and the sexually exploited here in Calgary. And I am so thrilled to be able to welcome Center Street Church into this fabulous partnership. The ministry to new Canadians is one ministry in many locations. We're excited about our future and what God has in store for us. We want to do life with others and show them the love of Jesus. Well, good morning, Wayne. Good morning, Dr. Shore. Good to see you this morning. Calling me doctor, are you? It's pretty formal. It is. I was looking for an umbrella as well because I'm pretty close in I your know, proximity. I know. Yeah, you get a little bit spitty when you get I excited. get a little spitty. Okay. That's going to go around the world now. I know. Wow. Around the world, yep. Anyways, um, 
just a really good video on the new uh, Canadian Friendship Centre. And mm -hmm. I, I'm just, what caused us to, um, to modify our strategy on how we meet the needs of, of new Canadians in this city as well as throughout Canada? Well, simply in our initial strategy, we set out to do far more than we were able to sustain with the amount of volunteers and staff that we had. After much prayer and dialogue, we concluded the only way to sustain the ministry and to, see, and to see even greater impact was to cut back on how much ministry and programs we were offering and really make those programs effective and impactful. Once we made that decision, it became apparent to us that we only needed a portion of the expensive space that we were leasing and we inquired about leasing a smaller area at our present location, but found out it wasn't an option. All of this led us to explore other ways that we could fulfill our vision to minister to new Canadians. And God was actually moving us to do locally what we had been doing around the world for years. And that was making disciples in conjunction with partners through the local church. And the great news, as you saw, is there is one local church just a few blocks away from the present new Canadian Friendship Centre. Uh, here's what it's going to look like, as you saw in the video. At Encompass Partnerships, we're going to offer ESL, uh, clothing corner, training and equipping classes, as well as exercise classes and a cafe. And we'll get to serve alongside four ethnic churches who also ministered to new Canadians in Calgary. At Rocky View Alliance, we'll offer ESL and settlement appointments, women's Bible study and, and study groups, sewing and knitting and crocheting, and along with one of my favorite, the baking class. You, you teach that? No, I do not teach the baking oh. class, but I do sample the end products on a regular oh. basis. And at Hope Mission, as you saw, children and youth ministries is the main focus. During the school year, homework help and after-school programs are available, as well as including youth and children drop-in cafes. And this is also in conjunction with their summer day program and a week of summer camp for the community at large. A lot, as, of, a lot of those... Um, people at Hope Mission, they look familiar. Yes, all of them attend Center oh, Street Church. That's awesome. Yeah, they're our, they're our family. And so as it was said in the video, Pastor Henry, uh, we are one church, many locations. Our ministry to new Canadians is one ministry, many locations. Wonderful. So Wayne, talk about the needs and the opportunities that uh, you and your team have become aware of just within a couple of kilometers around Central Campus. Well, just as God was growing NCFC in the Northeast, he was also growing ministry opportunities in our own backyard, Pastor Henry. Presently, there's about 3,500 new Canadians living in close proximity to Central Campus. And we saw a great response to our weekly ESL program that we held in the West Campus. There's a growing population also of the working poor who live in close proximity to our campus and who are in need. We have served well over 350 people this past year who have come right in the doors at Center Street to help and ask for help in our Compassionate Ministry Center. We've provided food cards, bus tickets, cafe meals, Christmas hampers, as well as many other requests and needs from these folks. We envision working alongside our existing partners by offering ministry and practical services to our own community just as we have done with new Canadians in the Northeast. Our vision is to be a lighthouse for those in need in our community, because the Lord has placed them in our community, and we can be for the community in the proximity that they live. Great. Sometimes, um, you know, when you change locations, people think that you're shutting down the ministry, and, and uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, I think there's been some people at Center Street that kind of concluded that's what we were doing by changing locations and with uh, the new Canadian uh, Friendship Center. So let me ask you, um, are we shutting down our vision to impact new Canadians? Not at all, Pastor Henry. But Pastor Ashwin and I have met and believed and prayed that this engaging of this strategy and partnerships, that we could actually have a greater impact uh, than, we're, than we're having now in the city. Not just within the city, but we have an opportunity to expand across the country and lead the way in partnerships with existing ministries to new Canadians. So there's similar ministries that have started in other parts of the country that been kind of birthed out of the vision that we have here? I think that they came alongside. They were led yeah. of the Lord. So there's going to be, there's the International Friendship Center in Winnipeg. There's Journey Home in, in Vancouver. Uh, our partners great. in Montreal are working on things. We believe that we can align ourselves with them as they reach new Canadians in their community for Christ. That's great. Okay, Wayne, so thanks for all of that. But would you give us an overview of some of the amazing things that... Um, uh, God is doing through our partners that we're supporting financially with our prayers, both globally, globally and locally here sure. in our city. Sure. Um, 
be glad to, Pastor Henry. We, we have been well aware of the devastation and the tragedy in Nepal. And uh, you're going to see some pictures here. The first picture shows the people of Nepal at our Sundardoko church worshiping in a building that CSC supported and had the vision to make it earthquake resistant. When the earthquake hit, the church was full of hundreds of people attending a worship service. These next pictures show the old church, which was leveled during the earthquake. Many lives would have been lost if we had not invested in this partnership. Instead of ruins and lost lives, the church that we partner with stands as a lighthouse in the community. That's just one thing. It's amazing. They, they were actually in a worship service when the earthquake happened. Yes. And the building that we helped them construct did not collapse. It did not. Wonderful. Speaking of partner churches, Pastor Henry, we have 47 partner churches who have or are birthing 26 more house churches or church plants, and we wow. plan to add 18 more church partners in the next year, locally, nationally, and internationally. So please put on your seatbelt, because I'm going to hit you with some facts. You okay. Ready? Ready You're going to gonna go? spit as well? I'm going to okay. spit as well. I'm ready Here we go. Okay. In Kenya, we partnered with the Deliverance Church, and when we were working with them, there was about 100 people. I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited to tell you that they're averaging over 1,500 in weekend attendance and are launching into three campuses. Uh, through our 13 partner churches in Mexico City, when we did an evaluation in January, we found in the first half of the year, they had led 90 people to Jesus, and 30 of those people were in disciple-based relationships. The First AG Church, you're going to hold your applause, because I'm going to keep going. And First AG Church in Bangalore, India, launched a respite center that we helped to support, and they are preparing to help people who have been trafficked. Our city church in Montreal, I had a chance to be there with them. They've now launched to two Sunday services, have grown to almost 200 people, and have recently baptized 20 people. I received an email from Dave Hemmerley, who you've seen in our services before. He said to me, Wayne, do you remember when you were at the auditorium of Iglesia Plateau at the service? Jeremy was talking to you about a man who came to the service because he found information on the webpage, and he sat in the first three rows. And he asked questions and was dialoguing. Wayne, I'm excited to tell you that he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior three weeks ago. And so these are just a few of the international highlights, but there's local highlights, Pastor Henry. Through our partnership with Teen Challenge, we will see one of the men that we sponsored graduate from the program, and we're holding the graduation service here at Central Campus. Fresh Start Recovery Center, just behind us here at Central Campus, requests on a regular basis for our CSC pastors to meet with their clients and talk about step five in their step 12, in their 12-step program, which is their confession, and they're asking questions about a higher power. This gives our pastors a chance to share the good news of Jesus, and I can tell you, as a result of this, a few of the men have prayed to accept Christ as their Savior. That's great. Our restorative justice initiative is making a difference through providing care and support through our local partners like the Sunshine Center, Servants Anonymous, and Sparrow House who work with the sexually exploited. And, and lastly, but not leastly, our regional campuses are reaching in the same way as, as our central campuses. They're hosting barbecues and pancake breakfasts. They're feeding the needy in Bowness. There's community Christmas dinners in Airdrie. They're sponsoring First Nation initiatives and events through our house churches. They're packing backpacks and, and shoe boxes and supplying school supplies. They're sponsoring kids to go to camp. There's carol singing. There's building houses in El Salvador. They're helping families move. And I can go on and on. There's a lot of great things, Pastor Henry. And I can say that I believe that CSC is making a difference locally, nationally, and internationally because of people's commitment and generosity. Thanks, Wayne. Isn't that wonderful to hear? Thanks so much. You know, in Acts chapter 2, we reread the account of how the early church was established in Jerusalem and the incredible impact that they had in that city. Now, as we read on in the book of Acts, we're told that with the passing of time, some of the believers in Jerusalem, either because God called them or perhaps they went uh, because they needed work, they moved to different regions of the then known world. And over time, they established churches in these various regions of the world. And folks, that's essentially the primary way we believe God is calling us to impact our nation and our world. 
We believe God has called us to impact our world primarily through the establishment and the resourcing of local churches. Churches that are committed, as we are, to meeting people's needs, yes, but also to making disciples and to accomplishing God's redemptive purposes in the world. You see, it's not that we aren't concerned about caring for the poor. There's over 150 verses in the Bible that call us to care for the poor. But Jesus also taught that we miss the mark if we don't give high priority to matters of the heart. In Matthew 16, 26, Jesus said, what good will it be if, uh, for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose their soul? To meet the physical needs of a person and yet to neglect their soul is like a doctor putting on a Band-Aid on a wound but neglecting to treat the infection. Jesus taught that there would be no peace on earth until there was peace in our hearts. And so that is why we want to see our ministry to the poor, to the marginalized, to those who are enslaved, to take place primarily through the local church because as much as people need food and shelter and clothing and safety, they also need Jesus, the bread of life. And so our approach is to empower the local church to impact their community for Jesus Christ. If they feel called to minister to orphans as some of our partner churches are, if they feel called to minister to those who are in prison, if they feel called to minister to the sick and to those dying of AIDS in their community as some of our partner churches are, if they want to provide education for children who can't access education as some of our churches are, if they want to stand up to human trafficking and have a healing and restoration ministry to those who are rescued from that evil trade like several of our partner churches are. In short, whatever they believe God is calling them to do to be salt and light in their community, to accomplish God's redemptive purposes in their world, we want to not only pray for them, but we want to do our part in providing the additional resources they need to make it happen. It isn't important to us to have people in a certain community in India, let's say, or in the Ukraine, to thank Center Street Church for what we've done. No, we want people from that community to point to our partner church and to say the Christians who meet in that place love God and they love people. When prisoners get out of prison, when orphans grow up and leave the orphanages, when women are set free from the sex trafficking industry, when people in the community are looking for spiritual answers or for a place of refuge, we want them to remember that there is a group of loving, caring Christians who worship together at that church down the street in their community who showed them the love of God in very real ways. And consequently, that they will feel drawn to be part of that church family and to continue not only to grow in their faith, but also to join into their new church family in doing the same to others as was done to them. Now, folks, I share that with you because in a church our size, I'm sure that you can appreciate that we are approached by hundreds of people and agencies every year wanting our support wanting time in our worship services, our core congregations and small groups to promote their ministries and support them financially. And friends, we simply can't do that for everyone. You know, over the last 25 plus years, I visited a number of second and third world countries. And I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. I've seen some of the worst poverty there is to see. I've seen the plight of the orphans, the poor, the homeless, the marginalized. And when I left each country, I said to myself, we've got to do something here. We've got to help. And then I'd go to another country or another city and I'd run into the same thing. I'd say, we've got to do something here. And folks, you do that about a half dozen times. And pretty soon you realize that the, for that the faces may be different, that the needs are pretty much the same. There are needs everywhere, globally and yes, even locally here in our city. And even though your heart breaks, you realize you can't do it all. And so you go to the Lord 
and you ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What is it, Lord, that you want us to do as a church to make a difference? We know, Lord, that you don't expect us to do it all. We know that you're calling other churches. We know that you're calling other Christians to do what we can't do. But, Lord, where is it that you want us to make a difference in your name? And, folks, it has been through praying those kinds of prayers that we have come to a place where we as a church have embraced the approach that we use in our missions area. And so if God lays something on your heart, by all means, follow through, go for it. But please don't get upset with us as a church or accuse us of not being mission-minded if we're not able to support you the way that you think we should or to, to the degree that you think we should. If we were to provide equal financial support and promote the causes and callings of every individual and agency that approaches us, we would only be able to provide a little support to each of them. I have a pastor friend of a, of a large church in Canada, very mission-minded churches, and he talked to me a number of years ago, and he says, I feel like our missions ministry is about five miles wide and about an inch deep. He said, we support hundreds of missionaries, but we're only able to support them modestly because we're supporting way too many, and we're really not having an impact. And from what I understand, they changed their, their, their missions philosophy uh, to aligned it a lot with what ours looks like. Now, I trust that you see the sense in all this. Now, folks, if you're a Christ follower here today, I want to challenge you to think about the various charities that you're supporting. And I want you to ask yourself, are they linked to the local church, a Bible-believing church? They may be doing very good things for the needy, the hurting, those that are enslaved in the sex trade. But find out, ask them, are they committed to also addressing the spiritual vacuum in the lives of those that they're ministering to? And to introducing them to a church family that will be there and that will walk with them and support them going forward long after they have rescued them or helped them. You see, there are all kinds of secular foundations that are investing hundreds of millions of dollars into combating injustice and poverty, even freeing people from the sex trade. And that is wonderful. But they make no provision. In fact, in some cases, they forbid there to be any spiritual input in the lives of those that they are helping. And friends, as followers of Jesus Christ... We understand that meeting a person's spiritual needs is as important as meeting their physical needs. And therefore, I want to challenge all of you who are followers of Jesus Christ to support those ministries that focus on not just the physical needs, as important as that is, but also committed to introducing them to Jesus and to his spiritual family, the church. We now have nearly 50 partner churches around the world some of whom are freeing people from the sex trade industry, some of whom have families who are adopting orphans, some of whom are combating injustice in their community, partner churches who are passionate as we are about introducing people to Jesus. And so if you aren't already, I want to invite you to join us in our support of these churches and these agencies. I invite you to help us to fulfill the vision that God has given to us, to impact our world globally, locally in this city, and also in and through our church. You see, there is a power of a shared vision. There's power in all of us joining hands and pulling together in the same direction. Rather than all of us going off in a hundred different directions in the giving of our time and our, our, um, our resources. A few of us have the capacity to write a check for $100,000 to provide fishing boats to a village that was completely wiped out in a tsunami. But you see, we did that all together as a church a few years ago. A few of us have the capacity to write out a check for $600,000 to help build a place of worship that also doubles now as a place of refuge and a place of respite care for hundreds of people every year after they get surgery. But we did that together as a church a couple of years ago in Nepal. A few
few of us are able to provide the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we're investing in ministering to new Canadians and the working poor, but we have and will continue to be able to do that together as we faithfully support our church financially with our time as well. You know, you put 20 logs together and get a fire going under them and soon you will have a raging fire. But you pull them apart and you leave them burned by themselves and that fire will soon go out. That's why Christ instituted the church. He wants us working together to be united in purpose and putting, pulling together in the same direction. This year we invested over $2 million as well as thousands, tens of thousands of volunteer hours as a church into our missionary endeavors. And I want to invite you to prayerfully consider the people groups, the churches, the communities, the ministries of our local church here, all of the things we're doing and working in, and that you would partner with us, you would join with us in making a united impact for Christ in the cities and the countries that God has led us to get engaged in at this point in time. Okay, that is global. Let's look at local. Let's watch this. We are one church, but many locations. And in those locations, we are different people with many stories. Though we are unique, we are the same. We are one church. Center Street exists for two reasons. To introduce people to Jesus and to help them become fully devoted followers of Him. Here are some of the many ways we here at CSC are changing the lives of people in the Calgary area. So welcome to the Bridgeton Campus, guys. It's good to have you coming out. And we're known as a church that's in the neighborhood and uh, we're known as being a church that's in the community for the community. The other great thing is that as we invest in each individual life, we encourage them to pay it forward and invest in the lives of others. So one such story is a lady who came, who walked into our campus just over four years ago, and she said from that moment, she never felt alone. She was surrounded by people that loved her and cared for her in so many practical ways. And in turn, she paid it forward by inviting a young man into our, into our campus. And he, over a period of four years, has not only grown to love sports, but he's also come to love Jesus as well. So it's great to have you guys here. Guys, welcome home to my home. Uh, about eight years ago, this is one of our first house churches. We packed about 40 people in our little front room there. A couple days later, I got up in the middle of the night just to get a drink of water and happened to come to the front window here and just look out and here's someone sitting on my sidewalk. And so I wasn't sure who it was at first, but then I recognized it's the guy that came visiting our house church that week. So I uh, got my shoes on, came and sat down beside him right on the sidewalk and said, hey buddy, what's going on? And uh, he told me about how that night he'd been out drinking with friends and all that and just got tired of it and just wanted to come to a safe place. And so he thought of our place. We just had a great time talking about how Jesus promised to help us to become the best version of ourselves and that he wants us to have um, a full life. So this is uh, South Campus. We've been in existence for about a year and a half. We meet at St. Mary's University College. Of course, church is not about Sunday, right? So we're experimenting with missional communities and being out in the community. The condos behind me, we've done some things in there, building relationships, game nights, and stamp, um, stampede breakfast and stuff. We started a missional community, and we would meet Sundays at someone's house, kind of a potluck thing, and the family that's part of our congregation was invited this Sunday, and they came, but they ended up on the right street, but the wrong house, down, down the block. And so they walk into this house, assuming this is where the missional community is, and the people let them in. And they're standing there, I think, with their food, and they had this amazing conversation. And so that relationship has evolved and developed. And a couple weeks later, they went back. Instead of coming to our missional community, they actually went to that house on purpose this time with food and spent the entire day with them. You know, as we step out, God seems to lead us into the lives of people. Well, 
welcome to Center Street Northwest Campus. We meet at this theatre, we have for the last six years. I'll tell you one story. We meet every other Friday, about 30, 40 of us, and uh, we do food and games and uh, lots of fun and um, prayer and worship. And uh, my group was Totally Kids, and I love that, Totally Kids. And it came time to everybody share a prayer request, which we did, and then we pray for each other. I love to hear kids pray for me. And I said, you know, you guys, I'm feeling really sad this week because I had a birthday. And they all just bust out laughing, just like that. <laughs> and I'm feeling really uh, embarrassed and asked them, so why, why would you laugh when I share my prayer request? And they said, well, pastor, it's your birthday. You're supposed to be happy. And uh, you know, that was the moment that God just spoke to me out of their spontaneous uh, childlike spirit. And uh, he healed me. I decided to enjoy my six-old birthday. Amen. <laughs> awesome. Welcome to our central campus here. And I have one story to tell you that I'm so excited about. And it, it's about this gentleman who was baptized just this last Wednesday. And, and his story is that he was invited here by someone to come to our worship services. And so after a few times, he, um, he came and Henry was preaching and Henry just challenged folks to, to surrender their lives to Jesus. And this gentleman came forward, prayed with someone, gave his life to Christ. And a little while after that, someone said to him, well, you should be discipled. And so we got him involved in our discipleship process here. And he was meeting with a, a gentleman and growing spiritually. And then this disciple maker should um, join a community small group. And so he took a step and did that and got connected into a small group and was meeting with that group. And then someone from the group told him, well, you should be baptized. So he said, yeah, I want to be baptized. And so went through that process there and just last Wednesday was baptized. I love this story because the church is the people. It's not the building. And here there were people along this, this gentleman's spiritual journey here. People were involved and just calling him forward into a life of following Jesus. So I love that story. So our office at the Airdrie campus is a coffee shop. So welcome to my office. We really want to live as one big extended family on mission. And with that in mind, I want to celebrate with you guys um, a family from our campus. They're heavily involved in our children ministry world as well as our youth world because they believe in investing spiritually in their children. The husband also is a discipleship group leader in our youth world. So he has a group of boys that he's been journeying with. And what's interesting about his approach is he's given open access to their family. And if he's working on his car, the boys from his discipleship group are right there alongside of him with a wrench in hand, <clears throat> working with him. And if he's working on rentals at one of his rental projects, um, they're with him. And it's not about the work. It's about the access, it's about the relationship building. And we're seeing the fruit of it in the lives of the youth as they become like older brothers to their kids. And we're seeing the fruit of that in the kids' lives as they're flourishing and growing in their faith in Jesus and it's impacting our campus. These are just a few of the stories from your Center Street Church. What stories are you creating? What stories are you a part of? Remember, whenever and wherever you meet, we are one church. I really love those guys, uh, even though they left me slaving away in my office and uh, went out on the town without me. But uh, anyways, uh, we are one church that meets in many locations, as you heard. But thousands of us also meet in homes and other locations all over the city and surrounding areas on a weekly basis to pray for one another, to encourage each other, to hear what God is saying to us in the scriptures, and to challenge each other to be on mission, to do what he's called us to do. You know, in Acts 2.44, we read that that really was the pattern of the early church. They met together regularly in homes to do life together and in temple courts or in public places um, uh, for worship. They had a passionate love for God. They loved, they cared for one another in such an uncharacteristic way uh, for most people of that day that people in their community wanted to belong, wanted to be part of them. Uh, Acts 2.47 says they enjoyed the favor of all the people, which is a revealing statement because you don't win the favor of people by ignoring them. You do it by building relationships with them and serving them. And as a result, Acts 2.47 says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, about 10 to 12 years ago, about the time we moved into our new central campus here, 
Um, as literally thousands of people poured through our doors every weekend. Over time, I began to hear a growing chorus of voices asking for things that would make things more convenient for them, wondering why we weren't offering such and such programs, expressing disappointment with some other things. And I became increasingly concerned that we were growing inward as a church. About that time, I read a quote from Eric Swanson that stayed with me. He said, would the community surrounding your church weep if your church were to pull out? Would anyone notice that you left? God began stirring in the hearts of some of the other leaders as well. And in time, we came to realize that the Lord was calling us not just to invite people into our community, to come to church with us, as important as that is but to take Jesus to our community in practical ways to actually be the church in our community. And so for a number of years, we began to teach and preach on what the Bible says about all this, that we not just be a gathered church, but also a scattered church, to step out of our church buildings and our comfortable homes and meet the practical and spiritual needs of those uh, living around us. We commissioned our community pastors to work closely with our small group leaders to prayerfully consider ways that they could reach out to their community and serve their neighbors. Over time, we pushed out even more by establishing regional centers out on the fringes of our city and in our city core. And we blessed hundreds of people, of our people who were attending Central Campus at the time, to step out, to join together with those who live in their region of the city to reach their community for Christ. And today, beyond the thousands who attend Central Campus, we have around 1,500 people now who are meeting in one of our other regional campuses and in our home churches. And over this last decade, a growing number of you and a growing number of our small groups began to pray specifically about this in response to God's call. And they stepped out and they began to serve and love on their neighbors and on their community. They began to reach out to the working poor, began to reach out to new Canadians in the Northeast, to new Canadians attending SAIT through our chaplain ministry there, through the University of Calgary, to the hurting and the homeless downtown, uh, to, to children, single parents and families in forest lawns, to marketplace leaders downtown. There's so many stories, hundreds of stories we could tell of, of the different things that people have done as they've begun to reach out. And over the last 10 years, we began to hear back from people in our community, from our community leaders, from social agencies, from city leaders and provincial leaders. Deep appreciation for the myriad of ways that our church was making a difference in our city. And how we celebrate that, how I want to say again and again, uh, keep listening to the Lord and be his hands and his feet and voice peace wherever it is he leads you. However, there's a couple, uh, over the last couple of years... I've become increasingly concerned about something. As we've increasingly focused on reaching out to our city, we've not been as ready for company in our weekend worship services as we should be. What I mean by that is every weekend, there are hundreds of people from our city, like the person that Kent was talking about, who are seeking to know God, who are coming to one of our eight services at our five campuses, and when they arrive, sometimes they aren't sure where to go because there's a shortage of people to greet them, to inform them of what's happening, to show them around, perhaps sit with them in a service, invite them out for coffee after the service, or even out to lunch. At times at the end of the service, there are people who want prayer. And some of them even have the courage to get up and come forward to the altar and there aren't always enough prayer partners available to pray with them. At times, parents are, are, who are seeking God come to enroll their children in children's ministry. And they're turned away, sometimes because there isn't enough room, but more often because there's just a lack of leaders and helpers. Last night after the service, a man approached me, and he said, you know, you've been talking about new people visiting your church, and I'm one of those people. He said, a few months ago, I went on your website and I watched one of your Why Believe sermons and it spoke to me so much that I just had to come and visit your church. 
He says, I've come now for the last couple of weeks and when I'm here, I feel such peace in my heart. I want my whole family to come with me. But I've got a lot of questions and I'd love to talk to someone, but I'm having a hard time connecting with someone. You know, friends, I'm told every weekend over 1,700 people watch our services online, and that's just in the Calgary area. And that over 1.3 million people download our sermons every year. I'm telling you, every weekend there are hundreds of people like the fellow I just told you about who are walking into our worship services. They are coming to us. They're seeking the Jesus that we know and love. And we're not ready to greet them, to sit with them in a service, to invite them out for coffee, to invite them into our small group. We're not ready to invite their children into our children's ministry or to pray with them after a service. You know, here at Central Campus, we've put up a sign above each of the inside doors that say, you're now entering the mission field. And that is true. Our city is our mission field as much as our work in Mexico or India. However, that sign isn't completely accurate because we have a huge mission field right within the walls of the meeting places of our worship. So what am I saying? I am saying, am I saying that we should stop reaching out to people in our community, something we've been emphasizing for over a decade? Not at all. I'm just reminding us that we have hundreds of people and families coming to our services every weekend who are seeking Jesus. And we must not neglect them. Many of them have been invited by you. Others have heard about our church from others, and still others, like the gentleman I just referred to, have been led here by the Spirit of God. And friends, they matter to God as much as anyone that we're trying to reach in our community or around the world. In other words... It is so important that we understand that introducing a child to Jesus in our children's ministry during a weekend service at one of our campuses is as missional and as important as introducing a child to Jesus in an outreach event in a park in Northeast Calgary or introducing a child to Jesus in a village in India. They all matter to God. Being on mission overseas or in our city is very important. But it is not more important, it is not more spiritual than right here with the people that God's bringing right to us. Remember that, greeters. Remember that, ushers and worship leaders and prayer partners and sound and lighting and tech people and and children ministers and youth leaders and those who minister in our special needs ministry and all of the rest of you who serve behind the services. You are all playing a vital role. You are contributing to advancing the mission that God has called us to. And so if you've been feeling God calling you to be on mission, but you're uncertain as to where, if your small group has been talking and praying about being on mission, but you're not sure where to dig in, please pray about helping us to be ready for company in one or more of our services because we have a mission field, hundreds of seekers coming right to us, and you can play a part in that. If you're part of a small group, I want to challenge you to consider having at least two outreach events a month, one somewhere in your community, and the other joining our church family to help us get ready for company for our weekend services. That's what families do, folks. They pitch in, they help out, they work together, they help each other to get ready for company so that no one person has a greater load to carry than they should. You know, if every small group, if every family, if every individual was on mission were to serve just once a month, were to help our regional campuses set up and take down chairs and equipment, were to serve as greeters and ushers and prayer partners, were to serve as a shepherd or a helper or a security person in our children's ministries, we'd have all the help we need once a month. And everyone would have more than enough time to be with their families and their friends and to reach out to their neighbors if we all just pitched in as a family. You know, friends... The Bible reminds us that all we ever get from the day of our birth to life on the other side of eternity 
is one life. One brief era in which to invest in the lives of people who matter to God. I ask you, are you all in? Who are you investing in? What are you investing in that's going to matter for eternity? Church, this is our time. This is our one shining season. And what we do with it really matters. It matters to Christ. It matters to lost people. It matters to the poor. It matters to churches struggling all over the world. It matters to your loved ones and neighbors. So let's seize it, church. Let's give our lives to living all out for Jesus, knowing that whatever we do in Jesus' name will never be in vain. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his precious peace. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message has impacted you. We'd like to challenge you to take it one step further and get connected. For any questions or prayer, please visit our website at cschurch.ca. You can also like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter.